Pedestal listeners, today's episode is being brought to you by Stars on Crave. This week's movie, The Matrix, and in fact, every movie we do from now on is available to stream right now on Stars, home to some of the biggest hit movies. Go to crave.ca to sign up and try it out for a week. And now, on to the show. You're listening to The Pedestal from Mike on Much, presented by Much Studios. Welcome to The Pedestal. If you've been listening, you know that we have done two seasons. Technically, I guess this would be the start of season three, but we were just talking off air, and uh, I, Mike Veerman, uh, along with my co-hosts uh, Shane Cunningham uh, and Jonathan Popolis, Mensa member and all-around brilliant guy when it comes to films and film critique. Guys, we were just talking, and what did we say? We're going away from the season system? Yeah, we're going to just start putting out episodes uh, as they're ready. I think we, we have a good kind of backlog of, of episodes now. Anyone can jump back, listen yeah. to Terminator or Garden, Garden State or whatever they want to listen to and kind of go on from here. So from this point on, you'll just be getting random movies uh, that uh, we, as always, will be revisiting and uh, deciding whether or not we want to keep or knock off the pedestal. So today, guys, we are doing The Matrix. <laughs> This is considered a science fiction classic by many. It came out in 1999. For some context, you guys want to uh, guess the top grossing films of 1999, starting with number five? There's got to be a Star Wars on there somewhere. <laughs> you could say that like probably like, out of <laughs> yeah. quite a few years, and it'd be a good guess. I'm guessing a st- the Phantom Menace was... was, was that's got to be number one. You got it, baby. All right. We did a 99 once before. You're right, we did. With Blair Witch Project. Yeah. Um, so let's start with number five, Tarzan. I believe we Tarzan. went deep on the Tarzan starring <laughs> Brendan Fraser, or if it was the cartoon. No, no, it was the cartoon. Phil Collins. Was Phil one. Collins. Yeah. Shane, do you remember this conversation? You look uh, well, confused. Well, Brendan Fraser was George of the Jungle. Yes. Yeah. I think we had this was just the confusion. <laughs> Man, we record too Excellent. many podcasts. Excellent. Uh, so number four that year is the movie we are currently reviewing, The Matrix. All right. Really? That's right. Well, uh, I remember it not making a lot of money for something. Like, it wasn't a hit. I don't know. I yeah, don't know. I, In my head. We'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> Number three, a sequel, Toy Story 2, which people love. Number two of 1999, also a classic, making over $600 million. Classic? Yeah. 99? Yep. I don't know. M. Night. Six Sense. Oh, Six Sense. Yeah. Uh, so... The Matrix, like I said, came out in 1999. The gross of The Matrix was $463.5 million, according to Wikipedia. Man. Do you guys want to take a guess at the budget? Oh, man. Uh, $75 million. Shaney boy? I'm going to guess $88 million. Ooh. Sounded like you had a decimal point in there. You just kind of left it hanging. Well, I was going to make a joke that all the money went into the uh, the belly button bug. Team. <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, the Matrix budget in 1999 was $63 million. Yeah, Johnny was closest. Look how close I was. Isn't Shane traditionally good at the budget? I'm horrible at yeah. this. Well, you got close on that one. Right. I actually, if I didn't look at that and didn't know the answer, I would have put it over $100 million for sure. Just because those the effects were so revolutionary, people talked about these effects. I think it was I, big deal. Like, I, I know that, that this was done cheaper. Maybe that's why I thought it wasn't, didn't do all that well at first and it got a cult following because I know it was did that the, sec- the sequels got like... Hundreds of million dollars to, to, to make those ones. Like you're suggesting this was a word of mouth film. 
That's why, I mean, I don't... Uh, is that just a little know? indie that could. It's <laughs> a $63 million indie. You know, for me... Well, okay, so let's start this way. If you listen to the show, you know that we, uh, we we like to start with framing what this movie meant to us when it came out, our sort of initial experience with it, uh, and then sort of our, our experience with it today after the rewatch, and then we'll get to the, uh, the cause to keep it on the pedestal, and then the reasons to potentially knock it off the pedestal, and then at the end, we'll have a little vote. There's three of us. There are no ties on this podcast. Um... So you remember it as being a word of mouth film. I kind of remember it as an event film. I don't remember it being an event. I see. So ninety nine. So I don't. I don't remember it being an event at all. I remember the the what is the Matrix advertising. Yeah. I saw all that stuff like everywhere, like in comic books and then like the what is the Matrix. That's all it was. What is the Matrix? And I remember being maybe I was a cynical little kid who was like, what is this? Like it just it did, clearly was not aimed at someone someone like me. Yeah, you know, and and maybe I'm misremembering in the sense that if I saw it. A week or two after it came out, maybe by that point the buzz had already grown. That, but I remember being excited for this film. I remember going to see this film in the theater with my friends. I remember us being blown away. I remember thinking this is like the coolest, craziest, like mind-bending film. I mean, that year was a pretty good film. I mean, Sixth Sense was another one of those films that like sort of we saw in theaters and blew us away. And this was in line with that, like. This is such like this is so far ahead, man, in the Matrix, and are we even living in a simulation? And it's like the perfect thing to blow like a teenager's mind, where you're just kind of like you think it's f- very profound at that age when we saw it. So I remember us thinking it was super profound, very cool. It was kind of like the height. I remember techno was very big, and obviously we'll get into to the costumes and the stylings and everything about this movie. But yeah, I remember it being a big deal. I remember fucking loving this movie when I saw it, and just talking about it a lot with my friends and seeing it a couple times in the theater afterward. Yeah, for me, I I thought this was like my, uh, it was like my big introduction to sci-fi. Is this considered sci-fi? Big time. Oh, yeah. So I was like, oh, maybe I do like sci-fi. And then I was more open to things that previously maybe I'd be closed-minded to, like Star Trek. Yep. And then I was like, okay, maybe I should give other things a try like this, and maybe I'll really like it. And then I remember the ending like being very mind-blowing and empowering and cool and all, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, sort of building to that to that moment of revelation or sort of... And it was just a, a watching it, there's all these thought exercises you're doing about your own life and stuff maybe I hadn't thought about, like, what if nothing is real? What if I could jump off a building if I believed I could? You know? <laughs> That's how you broke, it, broke your legs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, again, it was like not, like, I barely I remember it even being in the theaters at all. Like, it didn't affect me. Maybe I was just... Not the, uh, how old was I? Like fourteen when I came out. No, you're sixteen. Sixteen. Yep. So, so I was clearly like aware of something, but I was just it would, did not, I did not care at all about this kind of movie. And I saw it for the first time on a bus on like wow. a, on a band trip that we were taking. I think to Ottawa. <laughs> so, so for someone on a bus two days ago preparing for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I saw like it was on like one of those little TVs that you have to like watch it. And I was and it got thrown. I'm like, oh yeah, I've heard about this movie. I heard it's wow. pretty good. What was your like band that? called? No, it was like the school you were band. Going to like I played camp. the tuba in my, oh. in my school band. I know yeah. those buses you're talking about. I remember uh-huh. we like go to a thing called Camp Wanakee, and I remember getting on the bus, and they had the TVs, and this was a big fucking deal in the 90s. Uh-huh. I was like, yes! But then the TVs didn't work, and I was like, oh, oh no, yeah. two hours without a movie. <laughs> but anyway, so you watched yeah, it that and it way. Just, and it blew my mind. I was actually, like, the entire time, like, I can't believe I've, like, never seen this movie before. It was, like, unbelievable. And, like, so... After that, I got a copy of it. And I watched it like I've now seen it like a thousand times. I was super jacked for the sequels. Me and my friend Tyler dressed up 
as two different kinds of Neo for like the midnight premiere. Neither you wanted to say Trinity? Of, uh, of Revolutions, pardon? Neither you wanted to do Trinity? No. Because he could have gone as a couple. It would have been actually so what, a more creative costume. What kinds of Neo are there? There's just in him the, being the a regular. The first person. one, he has oh. the trench coat and all And I wore the one that was more like the cloak that came up to his neck like from like from The Steven Seagal. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, I thought we were just talking about the first Matrix. We are just talking. I'm just okay. saying that when I... I'm just saying, I eventually it became, became a big part of your life, a huge part of my life. I was like really into that video game, like it was like like becoming Neo or becoming the One or something like that, because that was like a part of the the universe and the Animatrix. I even rewatched the Animatrix this morning to like remind That's myself the, of the all cartoon that stuff. one, the cartoon, the anime one. Yeah, I uh, what, <laughs> like not recently, probably like five years ago. I was in a Shoppers Drug Mart. You know how they sell like the uh, those package dealies? Like it'll be like uh, four DVDs in yeah. one case. Uh-huh. Again, this is like five years ago before everything became streaming. And I was like bored and hung over, and I was like, fuck it. They had all three Matrixes plus the Animatrix oh, cartoon. So it was like, and it was like on discount. It was like literally $15.99 for all four movies. I was like, you can't afford not to buy it at these prices. Right. So I buy it. You're go making home. money now. Yeah. And, I'm like, <laughs> and I was like, I hadn't watched the sequels two and three since I was like, whatever that would have been, the early 2000s. So I was like, oh, I'll give these a shot again. And anyway, they're just as shitty as I remembered them. But, um, the sequels, that is. I never watched the Animatrix. So that DV just sat in there until yeah. I ended up donating it to Value Village. The, there's like, it's all a bunch of short films. And there's like, one you part really get into canon though. You like, once, I you, do. once you get well, into when something. This Matrix, yeah. if, you're talking, Matrix, if there's any kind of universe that is like super fun to get like super into, this, like, the, the, you could, you could, re- you like the sequels. No, no, no. Well, I feel like the Reloaded is better than. People remember that's three. That's the second that's one. That's two. What's and three? The third one is just as bad as third one's revolutions. Whenever I think of the third one, do you guys remember that year Will Ferrell was in a sketch on like the MTV uh, with, Video with Awards? Just, with Justin Timberlake. With Timberlake, yeah. and he played like the Oracle or not the Oracle? Vis a vis the architect. The architect. He's like vis a vis. Yeah. Quid pro pro. Quid pro pro. I have no idea. That's all I yeah. think about whenever I think <laughs> about that third uh, sequel. Is all I can see is Will. And Ferrell. they wrote that architect part for Sean Connery. That was like a whole. I did not know that. Yeah. Okay, well, but we don't have to talk, to we not don't talk have, about two and three because it is. I mean, we can jump right, but it is. It is a perfect close-ended movie. If you, if there was never anything else other than this movie, it still works like perfectly on its own. If and you could probably argue that it works better just on its own for sure, without expanding without the world, expanded and, universe of of the Matrix. Okay, so even though you weren't on it first thing when you were sixteen, no. you. By the way, would you play in band? Tuba. 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 Uh huh. Man, how many piece <laughs> band was that? That was like a big like or- orchestra. It was like the gold band. And what were the band kids like? Like, did people hook up and stuff? Uh, no, we were all pretty nerdy. No, my my, you met my friend Tamir. That's how we we know each other. I mean, my best friend. We we started you met in, in band. In band, he played the tenor saxophone. Were there a lot of like girls in band? Like, yeah, was, that was a good cross section. Did you a- have like any band crushes? No, band. No. I hated band. Really I hated. Why'd you do it? Because my mom made me. Familial pressure. And my mom, every year, I said I wanted to quit. And my mom was like, you can quit. Just know you're breaking my heart. And uh. I'm like, okay, well, I guess I can't quit. Because she's like, the best part of my year is when I come to your concerts and see you perform. And I'm like, this is horrible. Wow. I never she's enjoyed had some it good years. All the way to the end. <laughs> I never liked to Because you had to use... Because being in band also meant having to do the music class. So I had to do like... Were you a good tuba player? I was okay. Mm-hmm. Like if we brought a tuba right. in here right now, could you? Play I haven't something? touched a tuba in like a decade, but I, if you gave me like an hour, I could probably any valve instrument, trumpet or baritone or anything with the yeah. yeah. With what the would you, what would your dad say uh, uh, like my about dad the tuba? Could not care less. Yeah. 
I think he didn't like that I had to bring that stupid thing home and practice with it, and it was yeah, pretty that's, loud. It's <laughs> such an uncomfortable <laughs> instrument. It's so it's big, horrible. and it, on its own, it's very... And I had to uh, take the school bus home, so I had to carry it on the school bus, and it didn't drop me off near my house, and so I had to, like, lug this big-ass tuba, like, home. so I would do a thing where I would, like, hide a skateboard in the bushes, like, near where the bus stop was so I could try roll to roll it. it home. But it still didn't work all that well. It was awful. It was almost all exclusively bad memories of specifically the tuba. What did you play in high school, Mike? In in uh, music class, I played uh, trumpet in grade six, and then I went to tenor sax in grade seven. Whoa. And by grade eight, uh, I got I convinced them to let me play guitar because I was already oh, sort of teaching man. myself guitar. That was That's the cool. Dan Glickman of our, of yeah. our band. I kind of I was able to sort of manipulate the system, but I will say that first day in grade six, I desperately tried to get the drums. Everybody tries to get the drums. They do a lottery, and only two people can get it. And I did not get the drums, so I was like, "Give me the trumpet. It's only got three buttons. I can yep. figure that out." And then and <laughs> I wanted the saxophone. I wanted to play saxophone so bad. Tenor sax was good. I was I was all right at the tenor sax too. It seems like the most fun thing in the world. But I was like the big, tall kid, and you get the big instrument. Give stretch the tuba. (laughs) What did you do? Would you play in school? Uh, The easiest instrument to play, just because uh, triangle. Well, I I think this is even easier than triangle. Actually, Um, in grade six, they start you with a recorder. in, in music class, and then the thing that's most similar to the recorder is the clarinet. So I went to you think the clarinet's the easiest and easier than a triangle? Yeah. Get out of town. <laughs> triangle you got, <laughs> what are you talking about? Triangle and drums are hard, man. Because you, the triangle you're hitting a triangle. You you're stand out, you gotta keep the beat, you gotta do if it. If you perfectly. do fall out, they're gonna notice you yeah. on that triangle. Clarinet, you just sit back <laughs> and blend. I wouldn't even blow on my horn sometimes. <laughs> he could fake it behind yeah. the clarinet. You if know? your fingering is right, you don't even need to blow on the horn, man. And yes, I'm trying to make that sexual. <laughs> All right, so The Matrix, 1999. I feel like they, our listeners got to know a little bit more about us and our, our high school experiences. Um, so I, we rewatched this thing. We did. So we jump right into the reasons to keep it on the pedestal or just our thoughts and sort of revisiting yeah, it? Yeah, that's, that's, why do I keep it? The, the good stuff. Yeah. Right off the top. Some yeah. stuff that stood out. Uh, this might be controversial, but I think the best part is when Keanu Reeves gave the finger to the <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> the joke there is we, I have an unwritten rule that you do not look at someone else's notes before you it go podcast. It was just sitting open on the table. Your fucking notes are typed up right in front of me. I wouldn't look at them if you paid me. I didn't mean to. <laughs> right before we recorded this podcast, Johnny came in, me and Shane were in here, and John read Shane's notes out loud from his book, and Shane was genuinely annoyed and he's done that to me a week before uh he, he read over my shoulder this idea book i have and of course you write down bad ideas and he says loud what my stupid ideas are and our intern who used to respect me is over oh, here. that's why you're upset you yes. never pointed that out that that's why you know i hate being publicly humiliated <laughs> our intern who used to respect me until he heard that idea okay but all jokes aside what what were you going to say is your uh, my no i have good, lots good of reasons. okay um, I'll Uh, start. Go for it. Go for it. I think uh, the movie starts out in an awesome tone with... I'll call her Laura, Laura Flynn Boyle, even though I... Uh, Carrie Ann Carrie Moss. Moss, yes. Uh, <laughs> Carrie, three <laughs> names, yeah. When Carrie Ann Moss kicks those police Amazing. officers' ass. I sent two units. They're bringing her down now. No, Lieutenant, your men are already dead. It's an awesome fight scene. And at this point in my life, uh, I remember the first time I saw it, I'd never seen a 
well done fight scene that I actually just thought wasn't close ups and sound effects before. Yeah. I actually really enjoyed this on the rewatch too. Like that kick she does over her head, I rewound it like three yeah. times because I'm wondering how did they do that? Yeah. This it's is amazing. like a master class on how to like start an action movie or any movie. Mm -hmm. Like I just recently saw the movie The Foreigner with Jackie Chan, and it takes like a good like hour before we get into like any real action or fighting or anything. And I get slow burn stuff, but like if this is what I'm coming, so so you know you got to start with a good big set piece, and this isn't just a good big set piece. It's like perfect. Mm -hmm. It's spectacular. Executed so, amazingly. Amazing. And there's enough intriguing plot yes, details that's, a, that's the important where you part. go what is going on with it's this storytelling world? and action because it gets you into the magic of it instead of doing that slow burn completely agree yeah like if they open with neo in his in his uh in his apartment sleeping yep. it's like that's how a lesser movie would but maybe it is start still slow burn storytelling oh there i agree still, yeah. there is still there are these agents and i'm not sure what their deal is and there's this woman i don't know what her deal is so we don't, it's not like we're just dumping a bunch of stuff on you at the beginning there is still sort of teasing out but it's still mm -hmm. but it's doing and it, it's it's shot perfectly. It's, shot, it, it's I know funny. they wanted to look like an anime movie. That was like a big thing of theirs. I uh, I actually I hadn't watched The Matrix all the way through in in years. Um, bits and pieces here there on television. But I would say about a month or two ago, I saw a tweet or something talking about the the, the opening five minutes of this film. So I actually watched the, the whole opening is on YouTube right before they get to sort of the title card or whatever, which is this whole opening with Trinity slash Karen Moss. And I remember thinking like. This is this is fucking awesome. Like I'm so in, and I really wanted to watch it, which is one of the reasons I was saying we should do this for the. I actually mm -hmm. held off on watching yeah. it because I was like, we should do this for the pedestal because obviously it is one of those those movies. That my talk my about. Sarah uh, started watching it like a couple weeks ago as well. Yeah, it's, it's so addictive to like want to go back and rewatch this movie. I was I was like, Danica, you want to watch the Matrix with me? She was like, Fuck no. She's like, I didn't like techno then. I don't need to watch this <laughs> really? movie now. Yeah. Man, oh, it's so good. It's and very '90s, early 2000s. But there's no techno in this. They go to like an industry rave, burn through the bitches, and it's just very zombie. But but like the the style, the 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 vibe. It's the cyber cyber cyberpunk. Like that is what it's supposed to be. They do techno gym, and like, and I know that the anyway anyway go on. So the opening's amazing. Opening, yeah, is amazing. The the and and like you're saying the 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 fight, the special the special effects. Just overall, like, hold up. I can't, I, I, I keep saying, every time we do a, an action movie or a sci-fi movie that we love, one of the prevailing things always seems to be how well special effects hold up. Like, that bullet time stuff that they do, which was, like, revolutionary then, 20 years ago, still looks amazing. Mm -hmm. Like, it looks amazing. Like, you know the bullet, like, the... Of course I do. The, Why, when it's he, all the more glaring when the effects don't work. Yeah. yeah, and you know what? Like, you're talking about the specifically famous scene where Neo can dodge the bullets and he leans back, right? Few, and they do it a few times. A couple that, times, yeah. yeah. I'm going to disagree with you. Oh, no! I thought I could see the seams on him leaning back through the bullets, and I felt like the bullets looked very animated to me. But the thing is, it's because I remember it being... Perfect. Amazing, and we're so used to like you know that's, that's the movie's what thirty mm -hmm. years old? No, twenty years old. So it's like, I just felt like I could see it more than I could see it then. I still think it's good. My notes do say very good, but yeah. I can see it in a way that I didn't mm -hmm. see it the first time. It's weird that scene I've seen so many times parodied everything. My brain can't even see it. It's like it's like a lot of people say like because I have a lot of tattoos, but people will say they can't even see my tattoos anymore. Yeah, because it's just like I don't seem like a tattoo person. That is like that scene for me. I couldn't watch it. I was like, is this good? Is this bad? Is that cheesy? Do those bullets look real? I was like, that's just that scene. Yep. And that's just what it is. Like what they do so well, like any good director who uses special effects, is there, you, there yes, 
it's thrilling and awesome, but it's also storytelling. It is very... It's a part of his, him well, it learning is, his ability. Exactly. It's also a surreal thing yeah. that it's not like, oh, in real life, that doesn't look like that. I can, like, but how can it look like anything? Exactly. Yes. So they're, they're making it look like how they want you to feel really it would yep. feel like. So it can be, there can be artifice to it or surreal because ultimately that's what the Matrix is. So yes. it's like it can yeah. look however they need it to look. Yes. Right. And it is. It's, sort of, it's like it's him developing his, his skills. It's not supposed to look like anything. So it'll look however we want it to look. And they, they said something about they wanted the bullet time to be like the viewer actually stopping and as if like they could step into the scene and kind of look around at it a little bit. They're like that, the big fish with the popcorn. Yeah, a little yes. bit. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and that's and you get to like look at it in a way and be like, oh, this really is actually happening. I know you think this is impossible, but this really is happening. They do that like, in that X-Men movie with that yep, uh, Flash character guy. or something. Yeah, What's his like, name? Uh, Lauren yeah, yeah, Flash. Quicksilver. Quicksilver, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, and speaking of like the storytelling, a thing I, I noticed it a lot. Again, I, I, what I love about doing this this podcast is really sitting and like paying attention critically to to every part. Like a lot of times, you can watch a movie and let it all kind of wash over. You know, I got to really pay attention to every part of this movie. Um, and it's how little plot and storytelling there really is in this movie. There's a, a you could. You could be on the fence of whether it's a good or bad. For me, it's amazing how so much of it is sort of explaining the universe. There's a lot of times of like, 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 like uh, him showing him this is how we blotted out the sky and the war with the robots. We don't know who struck first, us or them, but we know that it was us that scorched the sky. You're making a face that makes me suggest you don't act, that you don't. My like notes that have so much of the early part of the film is setting up the damn rules of the world. I, but I see, and I think that. In a lesser movie, it might be kind of cloying and annoying and just tell me what this movie is about. I love it. I think because it's so interesting, because it is it is so heady and so interesting, it's, it's, you could just keep feeding me more and more of that, like, awesome, cool, this world that you have built. And, I, and I'm just, I've seen this movie a thousand times, and I'm still interested when you're explaining it to me again for, like, the thousandth time. Thousand, so are you th saying thousandth it's time? <laughs> That's a hard word to say. Sorry. Are, we, are, we, are you trying to say it's like plotless, which is why they can get so I don't know about plotless, right. but there's definitely, if you really sat down and wrote what happens plot-wise, there's yeah. not very much. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Which is why they have the time to get into the world yeah. and, and kind I, of But I like it. it. I like that. that and, and obviously, that means that your world better be fucking interesting to me. And it, and it is. I think, it was su I think it's super interesting. Mm -hmm. I, well, absolutely. I mean, here's the thing. They kind of, they kind of had a million dollar concept going in and technology had reached a point at that, at, at that sort of point in time in 1999 where they could tell their story in a way that was, and, and the internet was kind of like, you know, I, they did a lot of the green sort of code. You see a lot of code. That's uh -huh. how they sort of denote that you're in a simulation. Like people didn't know enough. Like, do you think by 99 people knew enough about how the internet worked and what the internet was? No. No, I think that I think the, the internet was this this thing over there that, like, the nerds use. So the film kind of benefits use. a bit from that. And I will say that watching it now, I had a better understanding of living in a simulation, of, uh, you know, your point. reality not being reality, than I did the first few times I watched it back then because the concept was still very new. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, to the point where I was like, I remember being like, so wait, are they in the internet and then is the matrix the internet and how and then they show you that they're plugged in and that the humans are yeah. obviously their their power source for these machines that won a war years and years and years ago so there's the science fiction sort of plot backstory uh, but i find i understand their concept more now today because we talk about these things so much and the internet and people's opinions have made it so much more pliable That's or at least like point. an understandable concept now than i did in 99 i sure. think i think now 
if you, to the average person, if you said, do you think we're living inside of a simulation? I think the average person might have an answer to that. And in 1999, if you ask that question, be like, what do you talk, what, like, what do you even mean by that? Well, it almost became synonymous with a, a living in a simulation, like Q-tips or fucking Kleenex. It's the Matrix. Yeah. There's a glitch in the Matrix Correct. has become ubiquitous for like, uh, something's uh, weird. Something, uh, yeah, something off here with this reality that's being created for us by something, by someone. Exactly. Yeah. And so that becomes sort of like it becomes the word, the matrix mm -hmm. for you know what Elon Musk or any of these people are talking about when they Elon talk Musk about is exactly the one. He, he's Living almost in the like simulation. ushered that into like more mainstream than anyone totally. else. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I mean, yeah, you, you like I have some, I have some. We'll get to this later on. So some issues with the pacing of the world, but it seems that you really much loved living. I love it. I just think because the world space. is so interesting, and they get so my my as, uh, above everything. The thing that I like the most about this movie is that it's, it's, you can kind of watch it however you want to watch it. If you want to watch it as a super heady, intelligent, philosophical movie that's about like uh, uh, Cartesian doubt and about uh, <laughs> Plato's uh, cave, you know, how they talk about all that stuff and all this philosophical mm -hmm. stuff, you can and you can totally Well, love this line specific, like when Neo has been awakened on the ship, he's like, what are you doing? Your muscles have atrophied, we're rebuilding them. Why am I, sir? You've never used them before. You've never used them before. That's uh -huh. a little bit on the nose. Mm -hmm. Like, we're not yeah. really seeing... Are you seeing the world yeah, for what the, it is? The, it's like, the, he's never even used his eyes, spoon, literally. It's like, you're not bending the spoon because there is no spoon. There is no spoon And is that really why his eyes hurt? Or is that just a bullshit line that, that is sounds... What, no, that is, because when he was in the pod and they were just using his body for heat, his eyes. Mm -hmm. he'd never opened them. So he'd grown up to be whatever age he is, oh. like 38... I thought he was saying it more in a like metaphorical, cool way. It's, it's both. like now you're being revealed. Like so, uh, I see. So that's I guess it's both. Yeah, and and so you. That's can, why that line stood out to me because I'm like, that's very mm -hmm. on the nose. Because so he, you could watch yeah. it very intelligently, and you could just be like, this is all just somehow they've taken like religion and philosophy and all these heady things and turned it into a movie. That's crazy. Or if you just don't care about any of that stuff at all, and you just like, I want to watch a sci-fi action movie. It's also you, it's just kind of a very well-made, slick action movie. How are the kids made? Like, how are babies made in this? Great question. I think that they're... they're have they they're, found a way to clone them or something? No, they're bred, but, like, like injected. They are, it's like they have farms. <laughs> it, it, is, it is as disgusting as I think that you would imagine. Like, like some sort of, like, uh, like uh, they not, grow them in pods? I think they grow them in... I think they... they grow them in women and inseminate women and when the babies come out they pull the babies out and they put them in their own pod and they go on from there because i never I'll paid attention to this whole like robot the real world as there's, much there's, I was, a, there's a lot of backstory that you can get filled in on if you and they have it but what's cool about this movie and my favorite kinds of movies are the ones that have like super super deep backstories well, I, but then you never, don't have to get into i've never gone deep on canon like you have but i feel like i know what i need to know yeah mm -hmm. exactly. like about about the history of the real world not the matrix world yeah. i just found like this Rewatching, I was paying more attention to the movie, which did the opposite of what Mike's talking about. Like before, I was like, "Oh yeah, they're kind of in the internet, and it's like, is the world <laughs> real?" But it's really like you're in a virtual reality. And then I was like, "Wait, the the machines are making babies, and you're in this amniotic fluid the whole." And that really like distracted me yeah, from the coolness weird. of the movie. It's weird yeah. to know like the real real world is like really fucked mm -hmm. up. And it's when like I can't get beyond up. something or figure something out, I'm. You're sitting there just like, I'm Wait. thinking, as, as the movie's playing, I'm thinking about how these robots are inseminating women. <laughs> but that's, yeah. So I found myself having to, like, re Probably like, more efficiently than men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, 
I bet you the Wachowskis probably would be fine. That's how the AI started, actually, as dildos. (laughs) (laughs) Hyper intelligent dildos. (laughs) Whoa! Grew so horny and powerful that they had to kill their uh, predecessors. That's how humans started. That <laughs> we are actually the original robots. We were sentient dildos. Yeah. And okay, so are the agents uh-huh. uh, like are they the boss of the police? Like, do no, they- they're programs. They're computer programs. But how come when they go up to the police, the police act like uh, like the FBI? The police here. are all the police are, are, are every single thing in the Matrix is a construct by the robots and the artificial intelligence to keep everyone. Kind of sedated and in line, so they're so just like real movie. life, man. Keep enjoying your <laughs> nine to five bra- and your their family, brains bro. Need to keep operating the way they've always operated, because that's, that's how they generate yeah. the energy. So, so wait, the police are real people, or see that, that's a good question of Shane. That is a good question. Are the police real people who just believe? That's their role in the Matrix, because when um, when Baldy, uh, who's the guy from, uh, come on, uh, Joe Pantilano or Joey Pants? Cypher, mm-hmm. yeah. Cypher. When Cypher betrays, spoiler alert, uh, 20 years later, when he betrays everybody uh, because he wants to live in ignorant bliss, mm-hmm. he says, I want to be rich. He goes, I want to be somebody important. Like an I, actor. I wonder if those cops are also people in pods that that's just their role in the Matrix, or if, like John says, it's part of a systematic program. I guess that program. suggests that they have some control over what your destiny can be. And so they choose a select amount of people. Like you will be authority mayor, figures sure. and you will make sure that when these agents show up, you listen to them and do anything they say. Because they have just complete control, somewhat complete control, but there are still rules. And why right? are the cops like, I think we can handle a little girly. And it's like, why are they talking to the agents like that? That's and, a good point. Yeah. So that that threw me off a little bit. As far as like the rules with yeah, and I yeah. was like, I don't know if I'm putting this in the I like this power or don't like this power because I, I don't even understand it. I have a few thoughts on that regard mm-hmm. in the in the second part as well that there are some inconsistencies, but it's it's almost like any big sci-fi movie. You can get really lost in a few of the, in the inconsistencies, or you sort of have to accept a few things. Well, but, I would but like I, will, to, I, I agree with you. There I are, would like there to think they have an answer for Shane's question because because that is yeah. a good question. And it, I it, wonder if there is one. Yeah. This is what I always say whenever somebody builds like a, a world like this, does world building, or there's a Bible and there's rules. I want to know if they have an answer to those things. We talk about this with our good friend Mark Myers all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like movies like Looper or time travel movies are inherently flawed because it's like you always get to a point where the creator's like, well, I don't, I don't, it's just, it just happens. And it's always more interesting to me when it's airtight. So I would hope they'd have an answer and they would say, oh, well, those cops are actually also humans in the matrix and that's the role they occupy because of their natural inclination, their personality type, mm-hmm. or they're a less sophisticated program meant to keep people in line than the agents. Right. That's possible. They, 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 they totally blew the cop's mind when they jumped in between the buildings. They were shocked. And yeah. then the cop gives us the exposition to tell us, like, this isn't normal part of the world. He's like, that's impossible. Yep. So, I don't know. I, 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 my guess is that they are authority figures and there's something in that they're still humans. They're authority it, figures. It was uh, weird, though, because they were fucking with my expectations because right. I was like, at first I was like, they're normal humans. But then when uh, Trinity started running away and jumping the buildings, the cops started jumping the buildings, too, at first. Yep. So I was like, a real cop would never jump a building. Like, that's above. Well, the agent <laughs> jumps the building. No, no, the big jump. They the, jump. They do the first jump. Oh, the, I see. The like, little jump. In real life, a cop would never jump between two buildings. Like, that's, that's too dangerous. Right. And then when the buildings got further apart, then the agent did the big jump, okay. and then the cop goes, that's impossible. So it was really fucking with me. I couldn't figure out what the, the cop's role was. Like, I don't know. Like we're talking about. And also, let's say that those cops are people in the Matrix. They are real humans that Mm -hmm. occupy these authority figure roles. Like when 
Trinity and Neo like lay waste to them, they're also killing fellow humans. Yeah, yeah. that's a, that is an issue with this movie, that, or, or that, not? Like, I mean, it, it is what it is. Like, I know, I've, I've, but if they're, they oh, do. Oh, you're saying not that they're killing other humans, just that we don't know the answer to what the cops no, no. Are. I think the issue is that they're that even though these like they're slaughtering their brethren. Slaughtering, so if yeah. they are indeed humans who are living in a pod somewhere. You're fine with killing a whole bunch of them? To, yeah, you're supposed to be liberators. Isn't but there some way in this thing to be non-lethal? I don't know about that. Well, I mean, the whole goal is to awaken the humans. Correct. Which also sounds like a nightmare. I mean, and this is the big metaphor with... That's the cave, ...your right? life and being sort of pacified and being content and happy or knowing what the real sort of like... Uh, the reality of our surroundings and our world. And it's right. like a lot easier to go home and play video games and watch our movies than it is to think about somebody starving in Rwanda yep. or whatever that is. So this kind of like parallel metaphor that they make, which is like, do you want to stay ignorant yep. or do you want to be liberated? And this is the blue pill and the red pill. And I, I mean, I guess that's why this movie kind of resonates or is profound in, in some ways, is that uh, I, what, what is your answer to that question? It's a great question. I don't know. I mean, I mean, uh, I keep saying this cave thing. I'll say quickly what it is because I keep mentioning it. Because they, they, I'm, I'm not saying that off the top of my head. They, they bring it up all the time. The Plato's allegory of the cave is imagine there's like a bunch of people who are prisoners and they're chained up and they're facing a wall and they've been facing this wall their entire. This is all just a thought experiment. Yep. They've been facing a wall their entire lives and there's a world happening kind of behind them and there's like fire and there's people who are carrying stuff, but all they can see are the shadows. And so your entire life, and you kind of decide that shadow is this and that shadow is that, and everything about the shadows is your entire life. And eventually one person gets out and they go see what the real world is. And he says, it's more than just people and fire, but there's a, uh, it's not just what those are. There's a, a mouth to the cave and there's a whole world and there's a sun and there's other countries and other people. And every single person who remains chained up is so big and so scary, they don't want to even know about it anymore. And the idea is... The, the, they would be happier being chained up and staring at a wall full of shadows rather than actually seeing what's really happening in the world. Right. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, and that's, that's what kind of person would you be? It'd be nice to know that I would like, like to know that there is some... I don't know. That's why I like the Cypher. Cypher has always, was always my favorite character because I kind of, deep down, believe that's what I would be like. After nine years, you know what I realize? <sighs> Ignorance is bliss. I think he's probably, for my money, and maybe we'll get to this when we get to some of the negatives, Like, I think he's probably the most interesting character yeah, in this movie. Yes. I wonder why more people don't, don't act like him. Well, but, be, but oh, act like him within the... Yeah. Well, because they're all pacified. We're really only seeing a couple of no, the No, no, I mean, how come, how, how, of all the saved people, you would think there'd be more than one guy who's like, isn't this, wasn't the this Matrix sucks. like way better? Yeah, yeah, Who exactly. Who gives a shit that I'm, that I'm free now? Is this, like, I love when he goes free. How is this free? Like, because well, it's interesting, like to, to what you're saying about the cave, this is reverse cave. Yeah. This is saying the real world is actually going back in the cave and staring at the wall. The fake world is this big, beautiful expanse. It's a great point. So that's, it's that's a really good interesting point. when the yeah. truth is actually the truth is way worse. Yeah. But it is the truth. Would you rather know the truth and live in squalor and, mm -hmm. and be like basically a prisoner? Or the cave one's a lot easier to answer, though. Yeah. Than it's true. Than Stay one. staring at Which the I shadows guess is yeah. or you what go they out. Did. They're like, what if we flipped it around and we said, I mean, yeah, I mean, to, for the cave analogy, we have to explore what the world is like outside of the cave. Correct. That's and that's. I think the whole point of Plato's thing is take that and do, what, do with it what but, you will. But it, Plato's thing sounds ultimately positive, meaning release yourself from the shadows because there's a, a big, maybe positive world out there. Yeah. I don't know, but maybe it's also. But I do. I, I, you're right. I think it's very cool. Like, what if the real world is super negative and sucks? Like it does suck. They're sitting there eating that snot stuff. That was 
gross. And I I imagine way more people would do the cipher thing. I think you'd have. I, less I relate people. to him a lot. Like sure. he's and I love and I love sci-fi horror stories and like that where there's like a supernatural element, but like the human bad guy ends up being like one of the worst bad guys. Like of all the we got to deal with killer robots, but also cipher. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like almost like the antagonist is, yeah. is 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 your own sort of like inner need to be happy. Yeah, it's not these killer robots, which there's are always going to be like there's always, there's always going to be another person, another human person that, that you're going to have to come up against. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, I love Cipher. I love that whole that mini storyline. That mini storyline in the middle is just so compelling to me. I mean, in, in some ways, like I was saying, that that plot is that sort of tertiary plot maybe even more like maybe it's mm -hmm. like a like it reveals a lot about well, the truth in the movie and yeah. i think it's probably more compelling than the prophet and the the oracle, oracle and morpheus's need to find you know the jesus christ of the matrix which is neo keanu reeves it's like that's kind of interesting and you know then they, it's like well I, you know trinity loves him and morpheus i have to die for morpheus all of this sort of like um pseudo sort of religious like uh do, mm -hmm. do you do you have faith do you believe are you the chosen one right i mean that's kind of interesting but to me sort of like you said like the the inner conflict of a man uh wanting to sort of go back to ignorant bliss is a far more compelling that scene is conflict great to with me. the stake well that's the thing and it's like yeah. i'm willing to kill my friends to get back to personal happiness that's like yeah. that's a far more interesting conflict to me than the the actual plot of the film yeah. and we think trinity's fairly shallow right Oh, she, like, I, well, I got some, <laughs> she didn't really have some great bonding with Keanu. I got some, just because he's a hot guy. I got some. I got some Trinity love story stuff. I'll keyed up for the for the second part of this. For well, sure. it's so funny yeah. to me too that like, well, because then Joey Pants Cipher also comments on how good looking Keanu is because he's oh, like he's very so jealous. jealous. He's yeah. like an incel. <laughs> <laughs> and this is what happens. Cipher's the incels. original incel. Yeah. Yeah, he's the original incel. Well, um, that's why he wants to be like a movie star and have this life. It's a great so, point. Yeah, yeah. He can, How come? So I got to come here and watch this guy be the one. Like I do, I go through all this, and now I still got to sit here and bow down to this dude. Why? Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's literally two ladies on this ship, and one of them is probably neither of them are interested yeah. in me. <laughs> Fuck yeah, I'm going back to the Matrix if you're safer. Yeah, for real. Uh, but it is. It, I will say, and this is effective filmmaking. Like. It is very frustrating because you, you become invested in their conquest and you want them to defeat the robots. So when Cypher actually does like throw a, a monkey wrench in their plans, you know, he, mm -hmm. he executes his plan and uh, the, the young guy that gets shot up, you know, when he, they realize it's a trap and the brick wall is there and they've altered yeah, the mouse. mouse goes down. I do feel like that scene where Cypher's killing people on the ship and then they're collapsing in the Matrix. So well done. Very effective. Like, so the whole movie. And you, just, you despise well done. him. Yeah. It's 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 very like it's like wow. And then really it, and then it gets to one of my favorite parts in the movie where because he when he's experienced like if there's the if he really is the one then there's no way I can kill him right now. And then the moment he sees like the the big guy stand up with the gun, you see a quick flash in his face that goes like, oh my god, I was wrong. He is the one. I shouldn't have been doing any of this. I should have hung like, up. Like I should have. Yeah. I should have done. Like, and you see it happens within a second. It's brilliant acting, and it's because the moment he stands up, like it was a miracle. He is the one. This is. Bad then, guy 101 though is never give exposition. I know. Ever. <laughs> ever. Never just like yeah. straddle the person and speak to them for <laughs> like Let me 10 tell minutes. you my plan or tell the audience there is something. No possible yeah. <laughs> way I am ever going to lose. <laughs> so that part did make me roll my eyes. But right. it was done in a more right. uh, acceptable way than most films would have done it. I want to do your favorite that. scene, favorite character? Let's do it. Uh, which one first? Uh, what order do we do this in? Well, we'll do character. I thought Cypher was the most compelling character. Sort of, I, I'd say he had, he had the most 
charisma mm-hmm. um, of anybody. Like I want, like I, I, I mean, Keanu's very stiff in this film. Uh, yeah, I love I love Keanu in this. No, am I wrong? I love Minute. He's yeah. he's Keanu in it. He's fine. But like, when we'll Why get to this in the second half, he's Keanu. Because well, I feel like now it's 2019, and I feel like we're going through this Keanu sans now. I feel no. people are. So here's my thing with Keanu. Like people love Keanu. Yeah, they they love Keanu. And I I am a Keanu Reeves fan, but I'm saying Keanu Reeves is fairly one note. Like there's a it's bomb a note. on the it's bus. Not a bad note, Mike. There's a bomb on the bus. Is the same guy <laughs> that is like. What are we doing with the Matrix? Like it's mm-hmm. it's it's very Keanu Reeves, and that's fine. It's like a George Clooney, but on this like a <sighs> like he's always playing some version of himself, or like Owen Wilson. Yeah, but people some love version the of note. himself, yeah. but you have to buy into. But but think about Clooney performances and Owen Wilson performances. There's a joy to them. Keanu is okay. always very subdued, and I know that's his vibe. And like that's like you could say that's the vibe of like a I don't know Steve McQueen or something. Like they have a certain energy. If I'm watching like an action thriller. I, it's like uh, a science. It's like Indiana Jones has a charisma. You know what I mean? Like, like your your lead protagonist usually has something that you can latch onto. And I get that he's sort of a babe in the woods. It's a fish out of water. Mm-hmm. He's learning the world. He's discovering how he can become like the chosen one. But he's just so sullen and sulky, and like just kind of trudges through this sort of adventure of a lifetime. And by the way, I get why. It, it is mind-blowing what he's going through. His experience is traumatizing. And I think if you are the one, though, you can't have this, like, emotional roller coaster of a personality. You gotta be, like, your nervous system yeah. has to kind of be that way. Right. I also think that just three John Wick movies make me look at him as see he's more like stoic and, and well, badass. Well, that's the way you want your John Wick. Yeah. You don't want him to be like, you hurt my feelings but I feel, Exactly. There. So I feel yeah. like now that I've bought in so much as... Keanu Reeves as John Wick and because his performances don't change much movie to movie I now go back and watch The Matrix and I'm like oh yeah he's like a stoic badass he's a badass like, like, you, buy him as you, like, you buy him as like a good like a Terminator type sort of like I mean the Terminator Arnold had a ton well, of charisma when he gave the great finger to the, to the agent my favorite part of the movie it really <laughs> like you wouldn't want Owen, Owen Wilson in this role no who right. would be a better? I know that no. What I mean, they they basically wrote it for Will Smith. You know all that, right? I heard that. Yeah, yeah like they it was supposed to be. Think for about Will how Smith. different that is, though, and and I, and I don't think necessarily in a bad way. Will no, Smith, but he's oozes nothing charisma. but charisma. I guess you're right. That that was supposed to be the most charismatic man, like in movie history. And that doesn't mean you have to be like either super emotional or like super like, ha ha, we're about to die. But follow me. He but there's just he, something that people bring to it that Will Smith different. has since said that he says like I would have screwed up that movie. Like I think he would have been too. I think they were going to ask him to be a more subdued version of himself. I don't know if he would have been able to do it. I'll buy all that. I, and you know what? I, I will buy all that. I just I just know when I was watching it, rewatching it last night, I just felt. It was very drab. All right. All around. Cypher was the only kind of... And, and Mr. Smith. Well, Mr. Smith is my favorite. That, you know uh, what? He, I, he, he's my favorite. In my I, notes, I have those two as the most I mean, Agent Smith. Not Mr. Agent Smith. Smith. Agent Smith. Mr. Anderson, Mr. Agent Smith. Yeah, Hugo Weaving was... I think he is the linchpin that makes like kind of all of it work. Where there's... All, you, can, you can have Morpheus spending 15 minutes explaining everything. Yeah. And then I can just watch Hugo Weaving be Agent Smith for five minutes. Like that virus speech is, is legendary. And mm-hmm. I just buy it. I'm like, oh... Here's a program. That's how I believe this is the Matrix because there's this sentient AI program who's there to like be the sheriff to kind of keep everything going. And he and he just is that person. You don't even have to explain who he is that much to me. The performance is like perfect. Yeah, I love Agent Smith. Yeah. But I do love Morpheus more. Yeah, Morpheus, Morpheus is, your guy. is great. Yeah. I, I yeah. could have I, I gone Morpheus, but I'll, I'll go Agent Smith. That'll be my guy. Agent just Smith. because it was such a different kind of cool all-knowing guy mm-hmm. that I hadn't seen before. He wasn't as like... He's like uh, above it all. He's like, yeah, of course this is what it's he's like. He's the adult was, in the room. Yeah. yeah. But that's why it's kind of a bummer that like all the other 
Like, if this was a James Cameron film, think about how much personality everyone on that ship oh, would have yeah. had. And that sometimes that's to a detriment. I've, I've, I've complained about Prometheus for this exact reason, is it's like, you're going to take the most elite best the, people. The, the little rat kid had a lot of personality. He did. He did. Yep, he and did. Uh, the muscular man. That was his name in the script. Dozer? Yeah. Yeah, I thought I Tank thought, and I Dozer. Thought he had personality. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So what's the best scene? Oh, I think there's only one option. Is there? The opening yeah. scene you can say? No. The the end scene. Oh, of course. Wow. He is the one. Of course. That's what I mean. Ending. Like this, this you're right, you're I'm right, not you're saying right, it's a dumb right. question, but I mean the like if you're not scene, saying that the subway end scene or No, the when he when he end? learns the matrix, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, I thought it was when he learns the matrix yeah. and he figures it out and you just get this like feeling when throughout he's your standing body there like, and he's yeah. fighting the agent with one arm is one of the best movies. Like I'm getting ever. like a thing yeah. going through my body it's unreal. just thinking about it. It's unbelievable. <laughs> like it's awesome. It's it's so cool and it's like everyone's fantasy that you figured it out. You finally figured everything out and then you can just do it effortlessly. Big payoff and, yeah. after two and a half hours, for sure. Which is a big payoff to the kind of storytelling that they're doing. It's a payoff to all the information that we've given you, all the robots and the things and how this is a simulation and the training and da, da, da. it's all like builds up to that one scene and it and they executed perfectly. I, 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 I kind of had the blue pill, red pill scene. I, I just thought that was like a pivotal sort of like conversational, like the full, it's kind of like, it's everything that the movie is and sort of like sets the premise uh -huh. in motion. Yeah. And it's a very famous scene. And just the point that Keanu Reeves' character is at Neo and Morpheus who knows. And it's like everything that hinges on whether he takes the blue or the red. And then you sort of realize what kind of person Neo is. And I just, I liked that scene a lot. And I thought it still 100% worked 20 years later. But that end scene is obviously gives you like, the chills. I think if we were going, what's the most intriguing scene? Yeah. That blue pill, red pill. You're totally making the decision in your mind what you would do. It's mm -hmm. like, if it was a porno, that would be where you're like, oh, she's coming in the pizza man's house? And you'd be like, whoa. <laughs> but if you using that analogy. Wait a second. Why did a porn star show up at a pizza man's house? I don't know. <laughs> that's Usually what, the pizza guy delivers it to That's the, what's so that's intriguing, like, Mike. That's like the cave. He's like flipping it around. This is, this is tantalizing. Yeah. And then the coming would obviously be when he's doing the karate with one hand. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and I think the, the cool thing about Blue Pill, Red Pill is it's it's really the moment of self-reflection for the viewer. What would I do in this situation? Mm -hmm. So you get to engage with it in a way that you can't yeah. necessarily engage with the, him learning the Matrix. Yeah, I love so. I mean, the runner-up for me would be the would be the Agent Smith doing the virus, like, it, like the explaining about, like... There is another organism on this planet that follows the same pattern. Do you know what it is? A virus. And then explaining how he hates it here, he hates the smell, and... And that whole, it's just him and... I thought, did you, when uh, when Agent Smith made uh, Morpheus smell his own sweat and he overacted and made all this, did you laugh at that? Somehow I don't remember that part. He's right. like, it's the smell. And he like wipes the sweat off his forehead and puts it in like Morpheus's nose. Oh, I, like, I would. I would. That that yeah. sounds like when a he was weird like scene. out of it. I feel like he was overacting a lot. Like Lawrence, there's like a like his rolling his eyes and freaking out. I'm like, what's even happening? Why is he like? Good? Uh, <laughs> Do you, here's a here's here's a question that I, I like to like is interesting to me um, philosophically. Do you guys? Because this happens in science fiction all the time. It, it's a big part of the, obviously. I love the show Star Trek Next Generation. Do you guys recognize sentient AI as a life form? Or do you guys follow along the lines of like, no, it's a fucking computer program created by humans. No amount of human characteristics it can have. If you're Wally, -E, 
you are still a machine and you don't have any more rights to exist than anything that's flesh and blood? That's a great question. Or do you recognize it as a, as a life form? It's a great question because the whole, whether you buy into this movie or not is whether you believe that, right? I and think for a lot of things, like we, we personify so much, like I love Data from Star Trek. I care about Data. I would want Data to survive the many other human mm. characters, flesh and blood. Like what is life? And I think that answers a big question. Like, there's a famous episode called The Measure of a Man where I've, you've seen this. Right. I, I mentioned this to you. It. Yeah, I love is it. Data essentially, like is, it, is he worthy of life or is he no more than a sophisticated toaster? So that's yeah. the question. Do you guys recognize artificial intelligence as a life form? As a life form. That's a great bit. Seeing yeah. it that way, as a life form. I mean, uh, as it's presented in that episode and presented within The Matrix, I do believe, yeah. If you, if you can think for yourself and you can make your own autonomous decisions and you can feel and you can, what's the difference of whether, like, our, our, brain are, our, our brains are just sophisticated computers anyways, right? So what's the difference if some, someone made it in some capacity, our brain, and whether we then end up recreating it ourselves? As long as it actually really is a recreation of, of our brains. But I mean, God, how do you like create a soul? Whatever that is. What are we talking yeah, about? Yeah, do here? souls exist? <laughs> uh, I, I, I say no. Right. You don't recognize That's it. It's tough. No. It's a tough question. This is a heady day. I didn't expect to, to be thinking about it. I mean, it's the Matrix, right? What about you, Mike? Yeah, I, I think that I think that I want to be. To, to John's point, it's like uh, if our brains are sophisticated com computers or we're part of intelligent design or there is a creator and then we go on to create artificial intelligence, is that an evolution of our yeah. our genius? And is that just a new form of re evolution that we don't quite recognize? Or does all life have to be bio-organic? I don't know mm -hmm. the answer to it, but I would say in a vacuum or like if you had to put a gun to my head, also a sophisticated machine, I'd probably lean Shane. But mm -hmm. I think philosophically, I want to say like... Maybe we, that's what it is. Maybe it's more I want to say yes. I but think I want to say head, yes, but, say, yeah. but, but we can't deny... There's something, there's something missing. The soul part of it. There's something like there's something just, missing that, that separates it from a very, very, very smart toaster and actual like human emotion and, 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 and a brain. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That's See, that's what, I, that's what I was saying before. I love it. We can have that conversation in a movie where... Keanu Reeves says, I know Kung Fu. You know well, what I mean? Like, the question it's is, great. Do, do Agent <laughs> it's Smith... A fun, it's also a fun movie. Do, a, do Agent Smith and the AI, are they worthy of our empathy? But their computer... Pro, the whole point with them is, is that they're, they're not... They're supposed, agents, of, they're the, agents of the AI. But, I mean, again, if you know, I don't... That, that, now we're talking about sequels because the whole point of Agent Smith is he actually does start to become getting more sentience. And as he gets more sentience, that he, that's how he becomes a more brutal, uncaring... Like, he starts to hate humanity. And that starts to happen in this movie, too. Yeah. Where a, one of the negatives of sentience is, like, hatred and anger. Mm -hmm. And, and be, like, it's not all just being, oh, I'm an enlightened human being. Well, I'm not, he felt it's not just being emotional. a data, right? Yeah. Yeah. In this movie, he felt too emotional. But he's, because he's starting to become a little more, and he kind of hates it about it's like, himself. There's some people that are just doing their job. There's some people that are enjoying doing their job. Yeah. yeah. He seemed to enjoy the... the I didn't live with him in enough uh, robot mode. He always seemed like he actually had a vendetta. Yeah. True. That's what I like about him. I like that that's what separates him. Like, the other agents are these, like, we're just computer programs. We're doing I, our job. I liked him, too. But this whole movie had me asking myself unanswerable questions. Well, let's get the into the time. second part and we can get into because I have a few thoughts like okay. that. Okay, let's do it. It's uh, rife with that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, dear <laughs> listeners, maybe this is the first time you've listened because yeah. you're like, oh, I love I, conversations about sentient AI. Uh, but um, 
we just did all the reasons to keep it on the pedestal. Now we will move on to the reasons to potentially knock it off. So these are things that we maybe dislike about it, are a little bit problematic now, that weren't problematic then, uh, and just generally maybe the worst performance, the worst scene. Uh, but yeah, I'll start just with a general sort of note. Um, I thought the movie moved at a really slow pace, uh, slower yeah. than I remembered. And I didn't, I th it's not that it was too long, and I know there was a lot of action scenes, but I tend to even, I'm very like, when action scenes become too long, it's it's almost just as bad as watching someone drive in a car in a long shot to me. Yep. You know what I mean? I, I, I totally I, get it. So I just felt like the, the the movie felt at times very like it was like just trudging along. And I know that's a bit of the sort of stoic nature of the protagonists and also where, a lot of exposition. There, but, was there a point in particular that you felt? Because I know where I might guess. Well, where would you where would you say? But to me, it was when they decide to go uh, uh, save Morpheus. Morpheus. And so they're starting, and so they're doing the whole uh, lobby shootout scene. Would you please remove any metallic items you're carrying, keys, loose change? Holy shit. It, it really did feel like a point in the movie where the, it just sort of became a regular action movie and where where it's like this the th the third I, I wrote that down. It's like it did feel like the third act kind of did away with a lot of the bigger, headier philosophical stuff, and then kind of became very gratuitous. Basic action. mission: need to yeah, save God. Exactly, yeah. which isn't necessarily bad. Yeah, but it is definitely a tonal shift in the movie, and it kind of moves. It, it would be one of those what moves it away from being like high art to just great action movie. And it was great, and it was really well done, and I really enjoy. I really did enjoy it, but I could feel. If we're making a movie that's just about exploring deep philosophical things to spend like 10 minutes of like hardcore gratuitous violence, I can see how that might feel weird pacing. Yeah, I mean, I like, I think that there's a lot of people that are fans of this movie and otherwise that would say, I love that scene because they smash up the columns and yeah. it looks, and you could tell that they really were flexing a lot with their special effects and their action and all that shit. And, People, we even left, we didn't even talk about the scenes where he's learning, he's training, the white background and like all the guns. Yeah. Like so many scenes in this movie are really sort of iconic. But yes. anyway, how did you feel about the pacing, Shaney? Uh, I thought it was a little slow at times, but overall I thought it was fine. I liked all the action scenes. Like that's one of the, because th I'm not a, a big action guy, mm -hmm. but there's certain movies like Kill Bill or, or this film where all the action scenes are so uh, intense and easy to follow. Like, yeah, uh, uh, like Michael Bay films, like it's obviously he shoots every action scene too close. <laughs> so I like actually seeing what's going on, and all that fucking rubble and shit was very oh, it's cool. super well. I mean, that's the one of the biggest strengths of this movie is above and beyond everything else. The action is is pristine. Like it's it's mm -hmm. great and interesting and still feels new even now when you're watching it. So yeah, it's fun to watch. It is fun in and of itself to watch. But I know it's sometimes. If you're getting too into that, are we are we not thinking how it fits all together? My only problem is I'm thinking as I'm watching it, I'm like, why do they even need guns? Like that's uh, yeah. So like every 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 problem I have with this movie is like, well, why doesn't he just do this? Or why doesn't people who created the program? Why do they need deja vu to fucking do a right. a, a glitch? And why yeah, why do the rules apply to the agents? was a thing that I had thought. Like, why, like, is it that could if be. they fly in somewhere, does that break everyone's minds? But I mean, if you're jumping buildings and... Could be, could be allocation of resources. So, like, if you think about it, say mm -hmm. that there's, like, 8 billion people in the Matrix that all need to be policed and 
the program needs to run at a certain thing. So yeah, you have this Oracle that might be changing the thing, but then there's literally 6 billion other people that are in need of policing. Maybe they just can't manipulate the program because it's running at a certain uh, uh, like memory storage. Right. Again, I might be trying to just fix I'll their problems. It's a good question, though. That there are, I would, I want to keep this just to this movie, but there are answers to a lot of this in the subsequent. Of course, movies. there are because there's people like me asking yeah. tough questions. They're like, "We'll explain it in a second. If you want, like the main answer, the, which is a, which I don't like. That's the problem. The main answer is Neo is actually like the sixth Neo. This is the sixth time they've run this program. So all that stuff does is pointless because it all is. I remember it's this. It's really stupid. Like, I don't yeah. like it. Like, I know you see rolling your eyes and you are right no, to I'm do not. it. No, I'm not. It's just like, no, you're right to do it because it's convoluted and dumb and actually doesn't make nearly as much sense as some of the better rules. Now I need to know, though, how part. does that third one end? Don't they emerge into what the real world is? Like, air quotes. Don't him and Trinity, like, walk out of yeah. a hole? Yes. Into because because, the, because this this Neo... Broke the system. Broke the he He really Neo'd it. It's coming back to me because now. And then it, it ends with that, like, that dreidel spinning, and you don't see if it falls over or the, not. <laughs> is that how this, this, how this one ends, right? It's, it's called... Uh, Inception uh, joke. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, it ends with, like, the Oracle and the architect, like, talking, like, wow, that really went sideways. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, they're in it the, together? And the or Yeah, the Oracle is is another part of the control, so she... they the, Like, because like, you never ask, like, how come these... Because that is a... I think the Oracle part of this movie is bad. Like, it's actually bad because it's only there. It's like one of the, it's like a Marvel movie thing where it's only there to suggest that there's larger things happening, but there's no actual explanation to it. Sure. Because if you sit there, like, why do these humans know that there is an Oracle, Oracle and what is she and why do they believe her and why is she even a part of them? And I don't like her games she plays. <laughs> it's like, just tell me, <laughs> am I the one or not? Like, who? I was using reverse psychology. It's like, no, no. Yeah. You're the Oracle. Be straight up. Anyone else can <laughs> lie to Oracle, me. You're the Oracle, bitch. Yeah. Um, no, I know. And, like the, and even like the, like, how you were going to ask yourself. How did you know? Oh, what's really going to bake your noodle later on is... Would you still have broken it if I hadn't said anything? Would I have knocked that that vase over? No, I don't. It doesn't. I, it doesn't fit. Well, in. I like that part because that that was cool. And then the oracles like drop in some cool stuff to think about. It's when she's outright lying. Yeah. I'm annoyed. It's like I don't trust what did I write you anymore. Down or I go. It's pointless. Uh, and the whole like the whole point is she lies sometimes. Like that's her role. Because so if she lies, how do you ever know whether she's? Because it turns out she says that you're actually not the one. But she only tells you what you need to know. So I was like, so what is her role? She shows up, she tells you something that may or may not be true. true and and then, then how convenient that Morpheus is like, no, no, don't tell me. I don't want to know. It's like, you don't uh. want to know, Morpheus? <laughs> tell me, tell me <laughs> the number one thing to know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that sort of leads me into my like least favorite part of this movie, which you had mentioned earlier, <laughs> which the Oracle telling Trinity that you're going to, that, that you will fall in love with, with, the, with the one and the whole love story was just awful. I'm fine. I'm fine with like it. it I do think she's a, a shallow person, but, but I do think personal <laughs> with it. I do think sometimes love is shallow. And I've been in situations where a girl walks in, and I'm just like, I'm in love with her. I'm in love with her. You're in love. Like she's like, we just met Tessa Virtue today. You're in love with Tessa Virtue. And I just thought, okay, she's a figure skater, whatever. She walked in the room. I was started thinking weird stuff. What was the lighting like when you were there, though? <laughs> it wasn't good on me. It wasn't good on me. He says that because we took a photo afterward, and Shane looked hilarious in the uh, in the photo. It has nothing to do with Tessa Virtue needing good lighting. And he doesn't mean hilariously good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I just, I mean, the last movie that we did for, for the pedestal was Titanic. 
And I think that's a great example of when you put kind of like care into like your love story. Like if you're going to have a love story, it better actually like, this felt very tacked on. It felt like, oh, let's just, it felt like Joel Silver kind of got involved Let me defend in this it. movie. Let me um, defend it. All right. Care, and not because I necessarily want to, but I, I keep trying. I don't know why I keep defending. Uh, what are they, the Warchowskis? Warchowskis. Uh, because okay, so so she's been with Morpheus and this crew forever, and they've been waiting for the one. Okay. So in some, he's a deity. She, so she's. It's almost like an arranged marriage. She's been waiting her whole life for this person to show up. So she loves the idea of him before he even gets there. But see, mm. wouldn't it be interesting if they actually they don't explore it at all? It just seems like they met and they love each other now, and now they're in love. Like but, that's an interesting concept. But I mean. It's also interesting. She's like, okay, I'm in my early 30s. <laughs> like, it's, it's, that, it's it. time to settle down. It's that time. I know I'm going to love him. He's really hot. Like, <laughs> like it's actually about yeah. single women like, in she's their just 30s. Settling. That's what this movie is <laughs> like, about. What, like, what if on this round, like the sixth Neo, it actually happened to be Cypher? Would she yeah. change her mind when he gets woken That's up? That's a great point. Like, mm -hmm. what if he's like, gross? Yeah. <laughs> Did you just call Cypher gross? Oh. Isn't he gross, Joe Panaglione? I think he's good He's looking. in good shape. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. He's short, though. <gasps> no, uh -oh. short. Nice. It uh, is what it is. But I have other things that bother me uh, much more. Uh, I just Can I just quickly say, sure. I feel like that, because the, the, th the, scene, the scene where she says, where she goes like, she, the, the way she saves the day is saying that you must be the one because I like that whole, like it felt like- just She like, said that five times before. <laughs> I was just, yeah, it was just, it was very cloying. No, she's not though. It's just, it's not, there's not many trinities. There's I'm any, kidding. Any, but it just- I, I wish Mike, there's not that many trinities. It's only six Neos. <laughs> Damn it. I tried so hard to keep it. I gotta go down. practice my tuba. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really getting it for that short comment. Uh, yeah, hey, well, yeah. A short guy's um, are spiteful. Uh, 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 but well, like I wonder if instead of any of this love stuff, like I remember like I I, I paused up, like, what if she just kissed him and then said, No, get up? Like instead of having to go through love, <laughs> but like, but why? Like, why does it have to be like love? Why can't it be like we're like passionate about each other, and that shows that, that this is the real world? That about they each said other. I would fuck the one, and I want to fuck. Let's do it. Yeah, this makes like, sense. Yeah, and he gets up, young John. the ages, cheering. Get back, give me that yeah. phone. Oh my God. We know you want a PG rating, but we might have to go with an R on this one. Love is a little schmaltzy. <laughs> Okay. Uh, but okay, but uh, a scene that bothered me, they're, they're in this important, uh, like urgent scene, and then uh, Keanu see, or Neo sees a cat and he's like, Deja vu. Oh, deja vu. What did you just say? Nothing, just a little deja vu. Yeah. No one would out loud say deja vu Whoa, and slow all the vu. agents like, sorry, what did you say? <laughs> no, it's just, uh, I thought I saw that kitty before. And they're like, run! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> like, no one would do that. I'd be so embarrassed to bring up deja vu if I was with a bunch of like you agents said it, and I shit. I think you've mentioned a few times, there's a, there are a bunch of like very on the nose lines <laughs> that are like, like when he's like, at the I, I texted you this, Mike, right at the beginning is like man you're my per own personal jesus christ yeah like there's some like there's some deep philosophical stuff and there's some just right on the nose like wow deja vu they just kind of just say well, it's just so stupid yeah, no one would one. really actually talk like that yeah and then they and then they just board up the the house it's like why aren't they always changing the system yeah. in very subtle ways it's not like they need to change the everyone else in the world like w break their reality well they don't know they're there 
Like that's the, they've, why, they have, why don't they know they have there? found, they have found a way to get into the matrix undetected. That's like right. a big thing. And then, but they kind of do know they're there because Cypher has told them already. They're just waiting for them to get boxed in. Mm-hmm. So they do know they're there. But they, so the only way to actually know is if they do the belly button tracking system successfully. Yes. So we can track, you know, where you are. Why are the effects so bad on the belly button tracking system? Yeah. Why why is so the movie such a marvel in technology the, except the, for that part? That part and the the squid, the real the the squid CGI things. I don't know the squid or whatever they are. Like the actual robots yeah. in the real world. I even the, found in the I didn't inter- like those either. Yeah. Even in the in the interrogation where they first put the thing in the belly button, even the mouth thing looked bad. Oh, this the time mouth around. thing is hor- that that whole scene yeah. is just like a different CGI anything person that's took CG- over. <laughs> See, anything that's that was the first guy on. Like we got to get rid of this guy. We've got the bullet thing coming up. The idea idea is that was a dream or it was a dream and some of the stuff actually happened they're demonstrating their manipulation their ability to sort of uh fuck with the matrix and his view of himself like the, the power they have within this program and then when they reset him and he wakes up i think he doesn't they want him to think it maybe was a weird dream and he's probably out of it and then he's got the tracker so he'll lead them where he's going to go did keanu actually give them the finger in real life how about i give you the finger And you give me my phone call. Because that seems crazy to me that Keanu would do that. Oh, I thought you were suggesting it's CGI. I, mean, I think no, I no. did film that scene with Keanu Reeves. <laughs> he just made a fist and they put a CGI Listen, finger. There's certain things I refuse to do in my films, man. <laughs> but did he really give the finger to Agent Smith? Yeah, he that, must. Yes. Why, he must have. Why would he do that? Well, That's he has insane. problems with authority. As, he, as, he was willing to jump off a building rather than be taken into custody and be questioned. Well, his whole thing is his his thing is he knows the reason he's chosen is he knows that there's something up. Like he asks mm-hmm. Trinity, like, "What is the Matrix?" So he knows there's something going on, and clearly these guys are in my way of figuring that out. So he's like right on the supposed mm-hmm. to be right on the precipice of, of but doesn't know what it is yet. Agent Smith though was a pretty reasonable guy. He brought up like, "Hey, there's two ways to live. There's a good way, a bad way. Yeah. Come on, like these guys are terrorists. He's got problems with authority. Fuck you, man. <laughs> like I wouldn't do that to this very scary agent who yeah. happens to be playing. Well, nice you're not right the now. one." That's what makes him the one, I guess. It just threw me I know, off. I know, I know what yeah. you mean. And then I was like, oh, he's dreaming. Of course no one would flip off Agent Smith. The uh, You guys know in the, the opening when uh, he has to follow the white rabbit? Yeah. Uh-huh. The girl with the tattoo? Mm-hmm. Yep. Was anyone else wildly attracted to her? She seemed sexy. Yeah. Uh, I, I ended up looking up the actress. I was just like, yeah. man, I wonder if she ever went on to do any more work. And was she still? She did not. Does she dress like that in real life? She still has she the like rabbit the tattoo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Was she like the production designer's like assistant that just had to like, oh, you like she has no, the tattoo she's already. Like, she's perfect. like a, like a, I don't know. She had like bikini like stuff. Like, like, Austra- like, but, but, she Australian? I, but now, yeah, uh, they, I don't know. They shot it all in Australia. So there's a lot of like local Australian. Just no credits, nothing like that. Thing. But she's like, but she's like kind of like this really attractive, like 40 year old mom or whatever she is now. But she like did bikini wear. I don't know. I was just like, whenever I see roles like that, I'm like, she had a line. She delivered the line well. Cause basically he suggests they yeah. come and party and she's like, oh yeah, he's hot. I could do stuff with him. It's like that Wayne's World 2 thing where like one bad line, like, come on, I know it's a small part, but can we get someone better for this? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Just exactly. nailing like a one small part sometimes. It's important. I was you saying, can screw it up. I'm so fascinated. I mean, we've, we've done our 10,000 hours of fucking movies and TV shows that like our brains are almost warped in the way we consume these things now. Mm-hmm. Like I was watching uh, Big Little Lies with Danica uh, uh, a week or two ago and there's this big scene in this auditorium and you have uh, Nicole Kidman, uh, uh, Reese Witherspoon, uh, Shailene Woodley, Zoe Kravitz, all these people, Laura Dern, and they're in this this auditorium with like a hundred other people in it. And I'm like, Danica, I'm like, look at the way this is shot. I'm like, 
those other hundred people, I'm like, they are all serious actors, a lot of them, that this is oh, a yeah. huge role. And I guarantee you between takes, all they're doing is staring at these rock star actresses. Oh yeah. And then it was like, all I was thinking was thinking about how they shot that, what the, that moment, like did they all go home that day with the big story about how Nicole Kidman was on set? They must, yeah. How, how close are they to their dreams of starring in an HBO show? Or is it like just a couple more roles like that and then they never act again? I, I think that stuff, I watch like old stuff where there'll be like some, like someone who has like a pretty meaty scene with like a big actor and you go, that person thought he was going to be a big star. And it's like 1997, you watch this movie. And now that's their story they tell at that's dinner it. or in yeah. a bar. It's they like- They pop it in the, like a, in the DVD, like, like, watch this, I'm going to blow your mind. Yeah, anyway, yeah. so I end up I end up going on these weird tangents when I'm watching a movie. No, I get like, it. Whatever happened to that person? I never saw that person again. Anything yeah. else we dislike? <laughs> worst uh, scene, worst actor? Well, I was going to say, uh, uh, I was kind of remaining a little silent earlier when you said that the red pill, blue pill scene. You take the blue pill, the story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. You do not like that scene. It's not that I don't like it. It's that if we're talking about what hasn't aged well, mm. much like, uh, uh, what movie did we just talk about? Napoleon Dynamite, where the uh, like outside things that happen in, in our real world kind of affect how I view it. The, the kind of weird way that like alt-right weirdos have sort of co-opted the red pill. You mean incels? Incels, a lot, and I mean, lots of people have tried to. Well, to the, 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 the thinking on the right is that everybody on the left is has been is buying this liberal bullshit. We've Correct. taken the pill to be pacified and live in a sort of homogenized version of what the real world is, and they they all know what the real world is. So the like, real world is cruel and harsh, and I've taken the red pill, and I know that that the the that the, how how it really is. And all you clowns on the left are living in the matrix. Correct. Mm -hmm. And because they've like really doubled down, it's really hard to watch that scene and not like think about weird alt-right incel weirdos who like salivate over that scene, like, yeah, I'm gonna take the red pill. That's what I would do because that's what I did in real life. Like, and just sort of it. It's sort well, of because the scene is so good, which is why they <laughs> took that. Yeah, but it's, so there's nothing wrong with the um, the scene itself is fantastic. There's nothing wrong with it's that. It's interesting. It's take. more how the yeah. real world. It's, it's, it's like a show well. me the money or run for us run. It's so good that it becomes lame. But it's no, not just. I just mean the real world has changed my perception of it. Somewhat, people have taken it. Mm. And changed it on me, and so now I watch. It makes it, I, you feel bad. Yeah, it makes me feel like oh, mm. like this really like activated some like real asshole to become a much worse person by watching the scene. I'm thinking like, yeah, I took the red pill. It's and very, so it's yeah. very cool scene to me though. It is I cool, really and like the way that with the, the the how red one pill is in one. Mm side of the sunglasses and one's in the other. And I'm always thinking like how the pill actually works. Like when he <laughs> the says, tracker. what's that? Which what he says, he says it's a tracker with the red pill is a tracker so we can find which pod you're in. Yeah, I'm not curious about the red pill. I'm cur curious about uh, the blue pill. Is it like a date rape drug? Like what? it's like, a roofie? Is, yeah, is it is it just an intense sleeping pill where he takes it and he passes out and then Morpheus has to like carry him carry to his bed? Reality? Yeah. Oh, I hate when they take the blue pill. <laughs> that, that would be hilarious. The movie just ends after 20 minutes. Blue pill, please. Yeah. And then it's just him enjoying raves and Dude, hacking. Gotta be like some fanfic short film yeah, totally. of like of like blue pill. <laughs> and just what like his life is like now. You mentioned show me the money and run force run. What do you think is a more famous line? Uh, do I make you horny, baby? <laughs> run force run. Show me the money or my wife. What What's the most famous? I think I think show me the money. I'm gonna take over run force run. Well, here here's the thing. Show, right. Run force run at its peak definitely wins, but it's sputtered out, and I haven't heard run force run in 10 years mm. 
And if you do hear it, you're like, is that person being <laughs> ironic or just so, but I do hear, show me the money. Are like, you asking, is it, has it aged best or you've heard it so many times? You've what, done what, it. what maintains its rank as the most popular of those? Show games. me the money. I feel like is a marathon uh, term that we'll be saying in 20 years from now. Whereas run for us, run. I feel like you I feel might like, hear it. Once I feel like, tops. I feel like the, the, the most popular, whether we like it or not. You're going to say my wife. That's my wife. Just I, because you love my wife. No, no. I don't know if I love I don't yeah. love it. I'm telling yeah. you, though, that that I bet you somewhere right you now. You said this my second. wife probably 10 <laughs> times this month. Yeah, me. for sure. But I'm just saying, <laughs> somewhere right now, this second, there is some guy going, my wife, and like three mm. people in his office just kind of snickered a little bit. I'm just saying that it's like. <laughs> Rolled their eyes. And snickering <laughs> might be generous. Just saying. Man, middle, that was a clever Middle pull. America. <laughs> <laughs> but we all can admit, do I make you horny, baby? Is definitely the last. I, I like a Twitter poll. I just needed a fourth thing, and I panicked, yeah. and that was what I pulled. <laughs> I there well, might just, even be a better line in that movie that isn't, do I make you horny? Well, just the yeah, Me Too yeah, movement. Baby, yeah. yeah, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah baby. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Okay. Just the Me Too movement. We'll ruin that yeah. one for everyone. Well, he's asking, at yeah. least. Yeah, <laughs> I know, but Louis C.K. proved asking isn't always the right way out. <laughs> that's good. Well, he's asking, do well, I make you horny, baby? And but then that's, you what people, that's what Louis C.K. was no, basically doing. No, he pulled out. He no, he would Austin say. Austin Powers didn't pull his penis he, out and say. Does but this he make you he horny? was saying, "Could I jerk off in front of you?" In the but he asked in advance. I guess Austin Powers. I mean, yeah. Let's not right. compare Austin Powers to Louis C.K. Austin okay. doesn't deserve that. One is a monster. Uh, okay. <laughs> you know who wouldn't like that? Who? My wife. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Are we ready to move on here to our verdicts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're sitting at an Wait, hour is there anything 15. Else? Oh, you hit me. I mean, this uh, is your. Uh, let's see. Do we oh. like him flying off at the end? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I think it's awesome. I think that I feel like you know, there's a few instances where they held back on a few things, like him flying, like the flying. He could have had him flying earlier. It, you know, it showed his mastery of the Matrix. Yeah. I, I dug it as an ending for sure. In and the second, cool. in the second one, can he just fly whenever oh, yeah. he wants? Oh, yeah, he okay. flies everywhere. Oh, cool. Yeah, I like and that. It's, yeah, and fly, and it's a and it's a cool design of how he flies. That's kind of always has to be in straight lines. There's still like some. He's still not a hundred percent mastered it just yet. Um, when he's when Neo is is shooting Agent Smith out of the helicopter, how does he for sure not hit Morpheus? He's just spraying that whole thing. He'd for sure hit Morpheus, wouldn't he? I don't know. Mm -hmm. oh, that's a little nitpicky thing. Hmm. I see that. I mean, yeah. I mean, we've, we've started to think about that. Those sort of logic things in movies become that very That one prevalent. stuck out a lot for me. I don't know why. And my other thing that I kind of didn't like uh, is that the, 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 those two characters, Switch and Apoc. Yeah. I've seen this movie like a billion times. If I didn't look those two names up before... I came in here. I probably wouldn't have remembered them. And which I one is Switch and Apoc? Like the the actually, so I think Switch is the 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 short blonde haired woman, and Apoc is the Spanish guy. Kind of good looking oh, okay. Spanish dude. Um, that, but yeah. I mean, be, because I barely know who they are. When Cipher kills them, it's kind of registers as like, okay, get rid of those two people. Mm -hmm. it, doesn't, it doesn't. I don't feel them. I will say it was Switch the blonde woman. Yeah, I thought she did Which good work. Not with, like this. I thought she did good work with the time she had. That was good. I but I when when they when when Cyrus Cipher Cipher's killing people. Her, I thought she she did great work in that room. The acting. Mm -hmm. She literally so had like a, four lines a, of the whole it's movie. It's an APOC problem. Yeah, yeah APOC shit the bed for sure. Yeah, yeah. he sucks. She brought it though. She brought <laughs> it. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, do we think Carrie and Moss should have had like a, a bigger career? Like she was in one of the biggest movies of the nineties, two thousand. I mean, she was in. She kind of did, did Jessica like, Jones. She was in Memento, I think. That's right. She's in Memento. Yeah, she is, does have a role in Jessica Jones. But I'm just saying, it's like she never really got like no, a starring role in anything. Like I don't know, maybe she was relegated to science fictiony type things. Like I, I don't I know, but anyway. No, I don't. There's nothing off the top of my head that I can. Canadian also. 
Is she? Canadian content. I might have to fact check that, but for some reason that's in my brain. <laughs> was she in Reloaded in the other one? Yeah, big time. Like they're like. I they're, remember it was in Reloaded where they're making love in Zion yeah, on that rock bed. In the, in, the, in the during the raid. It was shot in a weird way. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a very famously dumb. Yeah. They, they all the stuff that we don't like the love story and all the real worlds like all the stuff that you kind of don't like the the oracle stuff all the stuff that you don't like they really double down on and all the stuff that we do like that kind of kind of goes away. Well, that's for two and three. Are we ready to get to a verdict for number one? Yeah, the Matrix. I think so. Please start, my friends. Uh, I was just gonna say, do we think ignorance is bliss? Is the like uh, a takeaway catchphrase from this? Yeah. Or was that the thing people said before that? Uh, do you, are you saying that, uh, the saying ignorance of bliss? Did it exist as a popular saying before this? Movie yeah, came like out? the. Uh, I believe so. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, that wasn't um, the Matrix didn't popularize no, no, that. So okay. It's Never probably like then. a marketing line, but I think we should look up the etymology. But I think that has been around forever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was a good line. It is. It a is a great line. Yeah. Um, so verdict, okay. Well, it was like, like it's better to be a happy fool than a miserable smart person or whatever. Like that's a very bad way to say that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like that's why people always envy the the simpletons or whatever. For all we know, maybe we're simpletons. I always envy the simpletons. Looking at uh, oh, our thank you for envying me. In our Mensa meetings, we always <laughs> <laughs> you laugh about guys like me and Shane. I feel so no. I, oh, I, I wish I was more. <laughs> you sh you should have saw the look on their face when I was telling them about Plato's cave. <laughs> <laughs> then they all go, my wife, my. And Laugh. We all laugh. I snicker a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that slays with the Mensa crowd. Uh, all right, so. They love uh, Run Forest Run. Who wants to go? Shaney, Johnny? You go, Pops. Uh, I mean, I love this. Is a, as with any movie I've, that we do here, I've watched it. I love this movie. I love this movie because it's both smart and dumb. It's anything you want it to be. Like, it's, it's, it's so brilliant in the world that they've created, but the action. If I, you just show me some of these action movies bereft of like any context whatsoever, they would still like blow my mind. You show that opening scene, like you said, with with Carry On Must doing the backwards kick and the bullet time and going like like that that her going up in the air with the bullet time is probably one of the most parodied things ever, and yet I still watched it the other day and it's still just as amazing. It's so good. So like the form and the style is amazing and the storytelling is amazing and yeah, I think there's some flaws, but I mean I think it's for sure on the pedestal. Uh, I kind of want to take it off. Boy, I knew you would. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I walked in here knowing you were going to say no. Yeah, like it was kind of more of a laughy type movie this time. It wasn't as cool as I wanted it to be. And uh, Did all the, all the issues sort of get to you a little more than. Yeah, there was too many problems. And then I didn't want to watch the sequels to get all the, the answers to it. So. Yeah, like, like it still, it's very cool to think about red pill, blue pill, are we living in the real world? But I think I can just ask my daughter these questions and not have her watch the movie and be like, here's a must watch. Show her uh, Plato's uh, allegory of the cave. <laughs> Maybe we're all living in the cave, bro. Mikey, this is it. Well, yeah, man, that's that's interesting. It's, it's funny that it's come to me as a 1-1 one -one split. Uh, I really struggled with my thought on what this verdict would be because uh, I do think it's... You know, going into it, and I said I hadn't watched it in years, I do consider this like sort of a seminal science fiction film. I think it changed so much in the way that people make these films, in, in like special effects. Uh, the idea of living in a simulation, this sort of like, <clears throat> the idea of, 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 of AI and our sort of like complacency with it. I just, I think the movie did a lot that still resonates today. And like I said, certain words and phrases have become canon from this movie. It's iconic. There's a lot of iconic things that happen in this movie. On the other hand, 
there's times where it is incredibly lame. And I don't think the style is aged well, meaning just like the costumes and stuff of like what if, but I mean, people could say that about Dune or any other sort of science fiction movie that takes place on another planet or right. in Earth's future. And I almost, and I was really 50-50. I was like, I, I think that the performances are, you know, very drab. The movie, you know, at times drags for me. And to Shane's point, I, I, I don't think I would tell a 16-year-old they have to watch this movie. Like do you to, think it would blow away? Do you think right now if teenagers watch it, they'd, be, they'd cringe a little? No, well, every podcast I, I, mean, I listen to is talking about AI. I and, don't think the idea is a revolutionary yeah. anymore. Uh, okay, all right. So, so, so if you're someone that cares about something that, like, like something that came first or like an early adapter or like a thought starter from 20 years ago, I think it has value there as like an interesting artifact. And I do agree. Like, I think the opening's amazing as a film, and I'm really struggling with this. I still don't know my answer, but I think after the conversation, as a science fiction movie and its place in society, uh, I think it has its place, and I think it's iconic, and I think it's affected film and been parodied a million times over. I'm going to keep it on the pedestal. Yeah. Mm. I am. But, but, but I, I really struggled, <laughs> and I almost... I, Really? See, I feel, I feel like it's yeah. a slam dunk See, for me. Well, I, here's where I always struggle now at, at the end. It's always like, is the argument, is was this movie influential on filmmaking and was it revolutionary and groundbreaking? Yeah, no one's arguing that. But does it still work? Of course, it must still. For me, the argument why we're here is, does it hold up? Yeah. Like, Napoleon Dynamite was groundbreaking and all that, but does it still hold up now, even though it's made all these changes mm -hmm. in film, et cetera? So to me, like, when you say that stuff, I 100% agree yeah. with everything you said. I just don't know if that's why we're here because we wouldn't be here no, if that's the question. Wasn't true. I, I think it does hold. I think I think it's still. Equally I, I know. Thrilling. I know that. Yeah. But that, but I'm saying when Mike is listing off his reasons for why, like he he's keeping it on. I don't know if that's the reason why we're here because the very beginning of why we're here is because the movie does all those things. And mm -hmm. I believe you. I'm saying your your yeah. reasons are like yes, it does still hold intact. But I don't know if. The, for the reasons Mike just listed yeah. is the right reasons to keep something on a pedestal. My answer to that is it holds up enough that those other right. things just push it over the finish line to me. Because right. mm -hmm. I, I, at no point was I like, like, this is a stupid filmmaking choice or this isn't, like it feels like a well-constructed song. Yep. But it meanders a bit. The solo's too long. You know yep. what I mean? It, yeah. At the back end of the... But the song is still structurally really good. So I think it holds up enough as a film, as a science fiction film, that those other aspects push it just over. But, yeah. I mean, it's not Citizen Kane or, like, a classic. In the sense that, like, that would be enough. I think the movie's still structurally and sort of, like, idea-wise is a cool movie. Yeah. Even but though it's, I, it's I lame think, parts. Yeah, okay. I, just to me, I think it has to almost be, like, a cut above... Like, if it came out today in theaters, would we be thinking it's a really good movie? Yeah. Right. Or would we kind of laugh at it and walk out and shake our heads or be, like, on but the fence? But you wouldn't be laughing. Like, I know what you're saying. My, my wife had never seen The Matrix. Who? And she, my, my wife. <laughs> <laughs> you walked right into that. <laughs> no. uh, see, what did I say? Yeah. <laughs> every, every minute of every day, somebody's yeah. doing it. No, but seriously. No, but seriously, show me the money. <laughs> yeah. run for no, us, but run. she saw the movie and she said, yeah, baby. No, no. <laughs> Did she make you horny? Uh, no, but she laughed the whole time. All right. And she even laughed at a part. I was like, you laugh now, but wait till he's 
beating Agent Smith well, with one hand. I think Shane's trying. <laughs> Is that what you guys call it? <laughs> I think Shane's trying to eke you towards the uh, other side, but I think it's staying on the pedestal. Well, I always want to fight for my uh, opinion because do. my opinion's always right in my own mind. Right? Of course, and it's a good opinion. I think both your opinions are 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 very great. Like I, I I believe in John's passion. I think he thinks it holds up, and I think he would represent a lot of viewers. And I think you're bang on. I think there's actually people that would be far more harsh to it than you were. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But in my opinion, I do think that it still it holds up enough that those other things push it over the. Yeah, the I, and I think this is a a good movie, by the way, yeah. too. I just oh, this, that's always the question. It's not is this good? Is this mm -hmm. the pedestal? We're trying to we're trying to not just say have a list of fine movies. Genre's hard too, because I think for Very the genre hard. it is. But I think if we're looking at like the top fifty films in history, this movie doesn't even sniff it. You know? Right. I, I to me, I guess I'm saying. I'm not even ranking the movies. Like, I'm not saying, like, it needs to be, like, top 1,000, whatever. It just needs to be Does it really, hold, really high up we there. Hold, we hold this movie, like, the, on the, a pedestal. The, the mission statement, we hold this movie on a pedestal. Does it deserve to actually be there? Mm -hmm. Or is it just, I was 15 when I saw it, and it was super cool, but now that I watch it now with fresh eyes, like Garden State. Because, like, I guess the <laughs> test that I, I'm doing, it if I give this to a, a kid... And they're like, that sucked. I'd be like, fuck you. You don't know me. I would say, if I <laughs> yeah. showed that to a kid and they said this sucked, I would say you're nuts. That's what I mean. If, I would absolutely like, like if like if I if I sent like I wouldn't send my wife home, but I guess if my wife went away on a trip and I was like, watch this. If it's a rainy day on your vacation or whatever, and she was like, I did and it sucked. I'd be like, no, eh, I guess yeah, I could see why you'd think that or laugh at that. So yeah. I wouldn't have a good passionate argument right. like I would other movies. Okay. Anyway, well. I, made oh. it I also made it this whole way without mentioning late 90s ennui. I know. Is, well, I almost I got we gonna, there. Ah, well, there's enough other stuff to talk about. Yeah. Well, I guess this is closing the book on that one. I registered well, actually. <laughs>